What's up? We're back. Episode 80 of the DLSS podcast, a special midweek episode. Of course, we're spending an entire episode on I'm extremely fucking excited. We got UFC 261 to break down and give you our picks. And I'm not only excited for that, I'm excited because I have my co-host back. Hello. Everyone's talking about NFTs these days. What y'all know about NSDs? Nathaniel Stephen Deptula. <laughs> What's up, brother? Welcome back. Hey, man. Yeah, long time no talk. Yeah, well, yeah, we don't talk except for on the podcast, guys. Well, brother, I am here, brother, and let me tell you what. He's back from the grave. I am back. Randy Macho Man So Savage. what you gonna do? Rest in peace. Snap it to a Slim Jim. That's when NSDs infect you. <laughs> or up like in STDs. your big ass uh, bees. You, whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh, when whoa. STDs infect you? That's not good. That's not a good way to start the show. No, no. Guys, you will not get an STD over the airwaves. Hey, so. speaking of infections, what about Jake Paul? Oh, man? my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just piss off Jose a little bit more and yeah. talk about Triller a little bit. Let's actually spend the entire episode talking about Triller, and then five minutes at the end, we'll just spit off our picks. That way we can piss Jose off. Jose is actually lucky because I'm, I'm feeling lazy, and I don't feel like doing a full recap of the predictions challenge points for last week i mean i am gloating a little bit just because it's one of the only weeks jose's not lost but fuck you nate ended up killing it beating him i got yeah. second so you got dead last loser last week and only last week but anyways yeah he's lucky because i'm not going over those points just tell everybody how terrible he did yeah yeah but anyways sure. speaking of doing terrible Ben Askren, sorry, brother. Ugh. It wasn't rigged. If you listen to the last week episode, in my opinion, I don't think it was rigged other than he didn't train or take it too serious. Plus, the ref stopped it a little early, in my opinion. But I agree. I more think, the I same think was for the coming. amount of money people paid and the pay-per-view dollars that were spent, uh, it definitely needed to go on longer. Absolutely. I thought Ben was fine to compete. Um, uh, do I think it was rigged? At first, I was like, oh, man. But you know what? If you see the replay of the actual punch landing, I that did. was a clean it shot. It was a clean shot right, right, right in the temple, man. Put uh put Ben down. Yeah, Ben Ben looked uh, dad bod times a million. I 190 I, pounds. I mean, he normally competes at 170, and he still doesn't have. He's not chiseled at 170. Yeah, so, so 190 is like Ben Askren's eating Oreo cookies and oh yeah, and Scarfandel. He got like 20 new sponsors the week of the fight, so I'm sure some of those were food related. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about it other than you know, Jake has a lot of uh, chess pieces to play now to make tons of money. He already made a lot of money. Um, but, you know, he's turning into the McGregor of celebrity boxing, you know. Um, I like how you said that. Celebrity boxing, it's its own thing. Yeah. I kind of did a and terrible job what, last and week. And that's kind of what Triller's doing, though, if you look at it. Like, yeah. the, the the card that started off was against the, this uh, reggaeton rapper against this billion dollar, you know, this billionaire. That was the first two fights. And yeah. uh, this billionaire actually knew how to box. Um, it was 10-0, and 0 and he was... And so it, it, it's it's Triller, the way they put it off, it was a celebrity boxing event. That's that's what it was. It was guy, and I actually kind of dig it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of dig watching two guys that have just trained boxing for a little bit. Try I mean, to it's beat a the fucking circus, but everyone loves the circus, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I mean. I did a terrible job last week, and I'll, I'll, I'll pitch this back to you, but last week I was trying to make the point that if you have a, like, a, 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 a social, or an economic space, right, in this case combat sports, like specifically boxing and MMA, say it's like two circles on a Venn diagram. Some of the things, you know, they, they have in both. Some of the things that are exclusive, right? Well, two of the things that are exclusive to each individual sport, MMA um, doesn't pay the fighters enough, right? And then in, in boxing, sometimes it's really hard to have, like, the two fighters you want to have fight actually fight each other, right? Well, 
there's a niche that you can fill. There's a need for people like yourself or, you know, people who aren't necessarily looking for high technical ability necessarily, but they're into it for the festivities. They're into it for the spectacle. I mean, it was definitely entertaining. I'll say that much. It makes I'm glad you started out talking about the Jake Paul inter- and his chess pieces rather than talking about any sort of boxing technique, because that's not what this was. This was just a show. They picked Ben Askren, of all people. It's not a representative of MMA, but somehow they've turned it into for the casuals like it's Jake Paul versus MMA. So it makes for entertaining storylines, but it, like to your point, it is more of a spectacle than it is, you know, straight technical boxing, of course. Yeah. Celebrity boxing. I like that. Yeah, they've, I, that's, they've, that's you know, what it is. It's a celebrity boxing show. Uh, their approach, uh, Triller's approach to things, kind of like going back, talking, talking shit on each other and... And kind of making it kind of like it was all like uh, unplanned. Like you could tell a lot of it was unplanned. Like they they followed people to go back and meet with Jake and meet with Ben and, and shoot the shit. And and uh, it was entertaining for me. Uh, I mean, obviously it's still in the works. So some of it was a little cheesy. But some of the lack of production value and like disorganization made it like Dude, the most, awkward but funny. The most entertaining part of that whole night. I'm not going to lie, though. So the girls performed. There was one girl that sang that was legit. One girl just lip synced the whole time. Um, but you know when the OGs performed like Ice Cube and Snoop uh, and Snoop Dogg and them, like they can still perform live. Like that that generation of rap is legit nowadays. I was thinking about it because nowadays, like a lot of rappers that perform, they say like two words from the track. Was it the Black Keys on there too? Yeah, the Black Keys performed at the so beginning with Fire. Justin yeah. Bieber killed it. Um, but like the nowadays, like rap is like yeah yeah. And then they put their microphone out, and then everyone sings to their track that's playing, and their and their track is literally the track you hear on the radio. So they're they're not even singing the words or saying the words or rapping. It's just them. I just mean, let's be honest. If they don't have auto tune or the production of the studio, then they're. It's just I, I yeah. me, me as a performer who has to perform like every weekend. Like uh, it's just garbage. They're performers, but that's all they are. You're performing and a musician, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So sorry, no but, offense. But, but when Snoop Dogg came up, Ice Cube, all the OGs, they could perform. It sounded just like their track, man. They got down. It was killer, um, but uh, the most entertaining part of that. We're gonna say Oscar De La Hoya is Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> entertaining and tragic at the same time. I right when I heard him, I was like, "This guy is whacked out of his mind." Oh and yeah, and I saw baby. him. Yeah, <laughs> baby, let's go, baby. Yeah, Oscar De La Hoya Jr. One of the things that he said made me laugh. He said, um, "You're welcome, Jose." Talking about he, more he thriller. Said, he said, "I what was it?" Keep, I'll keep fighting. You can knock me down, but I'll keep fighting until the fight. Oh, oh, I remember this. He says, I'll go down to the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll go down to the end. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) once you're down, it is the end. (laughs) So, yes, I guess you do go down. To the end. Yeah, you can't go down any I was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he was out of his mind. And, he, and, and you know what? You got to give like, it up to Frank Mir because a lot of this was happening during his fight. And there was a lot of it was kind of like almost talking shit and making fun of the fighters in there, which I heard after the fact was a, like the commentary was on the PA in the, in the arena. So like a lot of these fighters, like the guy, oh, there was the one guy that went down from a nut punch that I guess completely body missed. Shot. Well, it did miss for sure. And so they're talking shit, claiming he's like faking it, but he can hear that. Because all the commentary is going through the arena. I think that's great. Dude, it was just its that's own funny. thing. And so if you're looking at it from a standpoint of a purist martial artist, of course you're going to think it's a dumpster fire. I called it a dumpster fire last week, and in a lot of ways it was. But if you look at it as a fucking circus, uh, then it definitely and, and it, did exactly what you should And you, you think about expect. it, it's going to be even more of a circus next time, but with a little better production probably. They'll probably get it down. But I mean... Well, dude, I got to cut you off. The first time they did the event with Mike Tyson, they did... 
you know, some spectacle boxing, some stunt boxing, as Luke Thomas likes to, uh, likes to call it, um, with some concerts and some musical acts kind of mixed in. This time was 90% musical, musical acts, acts and, like, and then fights. a couple crazy, like, stupid fights. Yeah, I... I would rather just watch the fights and get it over with. I mean, it is what it is. There's obviously a market for it if they're claiming they made 1.5 million pay-per-view buys, but there's no uh, confirmation on that yet. But Jake Paul and some other pe- people have put out 1.5 and $65 million generated. So because MMA, it's their, their, they're fucking themselves by not paying their fighters enough because now, I talked about it last episode, every fighter coming towards the end of their contracts, like, fuck it, licking their chops, saying, I'll fight out my contract. Tyron Worley and Jayon Love got into it behind back, and backstage. backstage. So, I mean, there's a, there's obviously a niche. It, 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 I was telling you about it before the fight. It almost gives me the feel of, like, old school UFC where it's, like, different um, traditional martial arts would go against each other, like the karate guy versus the boxing guy or whatever. Pardon me, shit. Voice is already going out. But in this sense, it's like the MMA guy versus the stunt boxer or versus the YouTube boxer or yeah. whatever. Like, I can't seem to articulate my point, but it just it is definitely intriguing. So put up with it because, I like I said last week, there's some people saying it's going to die out. I feel like it's going to stick around for a while. Like, and, and for a lot of you guys that are fighters and compete, have you ever just been at a bar or you've been at a gym where you see two guys that absolutely don't know what they're doing? Just try to kill each other. It's hilarious, especially <laughs> when you know how to fight, uh, especially when you've been training for years. It's just the most entertaining thing in the world, watching two guys who have no idea what they're doing trying to go at it. The CTE Olympics? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the post about CTE when Jake brought it up? Like, oh, my I've, gosh. And, and then and had then, to pull it then back. And, the, yeah, and then there's 10 uh, – someone did a meme, and then there's 10 videos after that that said, of people just stating factually that CTE can only be um, – pronounced or even seen until after death like the only way to know if you have cte is yeah. by scanning your brain after Ju- death junior Seau was one of the first like famous cases yes they dissected his brain afterwards and in 99 maybe there's some you know breakthrough technology that's saying so but, far but they would have to take brain tissue and a biopsy yeah, and stuff like that yeah so it, I and it was ben asked was like so did you completely make it up or did you just not understand you know what the doctor told you like I, my <laughs> greasy theory is that the georgia athletic commission came to him and said uh you want to walk those comments back or this fight's not happening? That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. But anyways, dumpster fire as it was, it, it's, it was very entertaining. I, I don't expect it to go anywhere for very, you know, I expect there's a lot of things. We talked about it, like Vitor Belfort, a lot of different old aging fighters that are now out of the UFC and like trying to go to other organizations. They've talked about wanting to do like a Legends League and Bellator, some some cases, tries to put some older fighters Legends against each other. Yeah, Legends League's not going to generate a lot of revenue. But my whole point is this particular thriller long. thing, because they have... They y- could mix it they up. They have all kinds of random Vitor stuff. Vitor Belfort versus Holyfield. Like, you can just throw so many weird mixes and stuff in there and this make it This isn't happening in Triller, but... Uh, or maybe... No, I don't think it is. But Anderson Silva's supposed to be fighting... Uh, what was it? Uh, gosh, one of the famous boxers. Uh, wow, his son. I think it's Chavez Jr., don't quote me on okay. that. Julio Chavez. Yes, I think the ju- the the son, the one that was had a little bit of a you know a go in his division, but is for the most part kind of you know burnt out for the, and nothing like his father's career. But yeah. anyways, uh, I think Anderson Silva is supposed to fight him. Yeah, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I believe. And again, we're the MMA guys, not the boxing guys. But Triller, you know, throws on NBA players, throws on YouTube boxers, throws on actual boxers, throws on MMA fighters. Like they can throw on. They've been. They're talking about doing. Um, uh, I guess um, Teofimo Lopez. They 
outbid the competitors to have him come fight on Triller. So they're mixing and matching all these different types of fighters and athletes in one place. So it just it gives them a, a bunch of different markets to try to tap in terms of older fighters, you know, spectacle fights, YouTube fights, or yeah. whatever. So I feel like it's going to give them a, a decent run as far as how long they can stick around. But enough about Triller. All right, fuck you, Jose. We spent 12 minutes talking about Triller. I uh, hope we still have some of our audience left. But uh, let's switch over and talk about some elite-level martial arts and some MMA. UFC 261, stacked fucking card. I'm excited to break it down with you, brother, and give our picks. Um, we are going to burn through most of the fights down on the lower end of the card because just the main card is the stacked one with the three title fights and the, and the names you guys will know. Uh, but what do you think about this card, man? They got put Jorge Masvidal versus Usman 2. They already had the two title fights, but now we got three. Give me your thoughts on the card overall. Well, this card's going to be a fun one. The reason why I say it's a fun one, because first of all, you're going to get two women's strawweight pretty much co-made events. I say co-made, really the co-made event is, you know, Wiley Zhang versus and then Rose. Fly, and then flyweight. But for flyweight, yeah. I think Valentina Shipchenko and Jessica, uh, you know, Andras is going to be a super fun fight. Um, but I mean, overall, the whole card, I mean, you got Anthony Smith. The, the main card is Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crew versus Jimmy Crew. You got Uriah Hall coming back to face Chris Weidman. I mean, that's an old school matchup that that it's a rematch from the regionals, regional scene. You know, and then you got Valentina, you know, versus Andrade, Riley Zhang versus Rosen, you know, Kamaru Usman versus Hori Masvidal too. I mean, it's a stacked card. Three title fights. Um, you know, though I guarantee you, those three title fights, two are going to go the distance. Uh, they're going to be fun fights to watch, or your attention is going to be caught the whole time. Um, uh, prelim fights. There's not many huge names. Uh, we got Alex Oliveira. You know, on there, really, some other guys, too. Um, but really, and then, like, uh, you have three guys that are fighting from the the uh, UFC, uh, what is it? UFC Performance, Infor Performance Institute out of where? In uh, Shanghai. Shanghai, right. I was going to okay. tell this story. So, like, basically, the UFC has a PI in Vegas. Everyone knows about it. It helps with the recovery. There's training. There's all kinds of nutritional things. It just really helps assist the fighters in any way if they can get their ass down to the UFC PI, right, in Vegas. Well, there's one in Shanghai, UFC Shanghai PI, where it's almost like an academy where they essentially recruit talent from the regional scene in that area of the world, and they're obviously trying to bolster their market in the Asian market, and they're stoked because they have Wiley Zhang as, as their first Chinese champion who's competing on this card. So they decided it's like an academy where they essentially even like tag them A, B, and C level and they try to work them through and almost like churn and burn, make like factory fighters. It's crazy. They're just trying to help assist the, the region and trying to get them not caught up but just, you know, bolster their presence and, and the awareness in, in the region so they can have even another market. World domination, as Dana White likes to say, right? Hold on, let me take a drink real quick. World domination. Yeah, so you you would assume that the UFC wants these guys to look good. You want they want to make that so what do you exactly. think about the what do you think about the matchmaking process? So greasy theory was what I was telling you off air earlier is that of course they want these people to do good. They're all making their UFC debuts, they're all coming from UFC PI Shanghai, and you know, they want to continue to grow the MMA scene in that region. So my guess is that they're gonna matchmake them in a way that makes it, you know, obviously competitive. They're not out there trying to sell wolf tickets, but my guess is that they're gonna going to lean slightly in the favor of these fighters so that they can come out, make a splash with the UFC debut. I'm sure John Anik and other people are going to be talking about the PI from Shanghai and everything I'm talking about in terms of bolstering MMA in that region. So, greasy theory, my guess is that these three, first three fights on the card, all of which have fighters from the Shanghai PI, are all going to go in that way, that favor. So, uh, 
obviously we'll get into it in just a second in terms of all the names and, and the fighters, but uh, when we get into our picks, I'm just going to go one, two, and three from uh, the first three because of that fact. And that's I don't know much about them otherwise, to be honest with you, or their opponents, so that's the way I'm going with my picks this week for the first three. So I, I don't know why I would just say their fucking names. I'm just, like, holding out. Okay, Liang Na or Na Liang is the first one versus Ariana Canalosi going with Long Nya and then Quilling Ori versus Jeff Molina. This is the one I'm kind of concerned about because Molina is actually, I watched some tape on him. He's a dog, so this one might be a close competitive fight, but going with Quilling Ayori for now. And then the other one, Rodrigo Vargas versus Rongju. I even heard John Anik say the way he remembers how to say that name is like Rongju. <laughs> but so Rongju is uh, who I'm going with in that one. So first three, Longnya, Quilling Ayori, and Rongju. I'm going with all three of those for my first three picks. All right, my first three, it's gonna, I'm actually going to go with Ariane uh, Carniolesi. Uh, just because she's 12-2 and two, uh, based on the 15-4 record, um, she's a little more well-known. I think she might be a dog. I don't know. I really don't know her, but I'm just going based off her record 12-2. and two. Um, I think that she's going to be a tough opponent, and I think I don't know if she's in her dog. I don't care, but if she is, it's great. If not, whatever. Uh, then I'm going with uh, – I'm not going with Jeff Moline. I'm going with uh, – Kuling Aori because the experience on that side, eighteen and six, is not a bad record, and there's a lot of experience there. Dude, you get you nailed that name way better than Thank I you. did, by the way. And then Rong Ju, I'm going with Rong Ju again. <laughs> a, a more experience, he's seven, uh, seventeen and three, uh, a pretty good record. So I'm assuming that Rong Ju is a dog. So those are my first three picks. Obviously, there's one more uh, for bantamweight. I'm going with which is on which is on the early prelims. Um, so I'll just hit that one up. I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Nativadad. Uh, nine and two versus uh Dana Dana. I want to say it's Dana. I think you're right. Just two A's. Dana Bat Bat yeah Batgrill. Uh, he's eight and two, nine and two. It's, it's probably gonna be a close Bang fight. Rang. But it's Bantam White, so it's probably gonna be three rounds, and Kevin will probably win decision. So Dana Bangarang kind of looks like Rufio from Hook. Uh, so I think I'm gonna go with him for now. Okay. Based on that, <laughs> uh, honestly, guys, uh, I. When I write out the picks for me, Jose, and Nate, I really make my final decisions then. This is off the cuff. Where I'm just giving you guys our general thoughts. I would like to have fun with it. So if I switch my picks, my apologies. I never said this was like a UFC betting picks. Go make some gambling bets off our picks. Yeah. We just like to have fun here and give you our off yeah. the top of our head thoughts. Especially, so. especially since we're picking every fight. Exactly. You know, but we're going to really choose the top three. If you want to go bet on the top three and, and then listen to the picks and go off that, yeah. then you can do that. Yeah, And we'll give different. you, we'll definitely give you more. Uh, that'll, that'll take us to the prelim card. We got Pat Zapatini versus Tristan Connolly. Tristan Connolly is a little bit more experienced. He has like two or three more fights. But I'm going with Pat Zapatini here for my, my featherweight pick. For the next fight on that early... Uh, hey. Oh, you want to you go for it, too? Yeah, we got to oh, go. Go, go let's, ahead. Let's knock one and one, out. one and one. We're drilling here. Uh, my only problem is I want to go with Tristan Connolly because do you remember the I, fight? I, I do. Okay, so Michelle Pajetta made it. Uh, uh, Tristan guy, Connolly this, had to come in like two days' notice or something. But he killed it. He's a dog. Yeah, because Pajetta was a dumbass, did a bunch of backflips, and Tristan Connolly and, you ended know, up winning. Ended up winning, and he did a good job. And that was upper weight class, and this was obviously on a full training camp. He looked like he had a lot of potential, and I, I kind of liked him. You know, emotionally, too. after that fight, I felt like he, you know, did a good job. And, and I, I told myself, when this guy fights again, I'm gonna I, go I want to go with him. So I, think um, I may switch later because I need to take a look at the odds and I need to take a look at a couple more things. But for now, I am going with my heart. I'm going to go with Tristan Connolly. If he's an underdog and the, and the betting lines are close, I might stick with it for those underdog points. Yeah, but I think it's from what I've heard about it. Sabatini, though, he's, this is going to be a tough fight. Either way, but for now, Tristan Connolly is my pick. All right, that takes us to the next one. We're going to pick Carl Robertson versus Brandon Allen. I'm going with the more experienced fighter here. I'm going to go with Brandon Allen. He's 15 and four versus Carl Robertson, nine and three. 
Going with my boy Brandon Allen. Was it Kyle or which Dawkins brother did uh, Brendan Allen beat in his UFC debut? I can't recall. I think it might be Kyle. But the, yeah, those guys, the Dawkins brothers, are both doing very well, and they're they're a scrappy couple brothers. And they, uh, Brendan Allen, as I, in my opinion, that was one of his three opponents in, that he's faced in the UFC that didn't have much of a name, right? So um, you might think that because it was a tough fight that this guy's not good, but over time. That uh, loss has aged well, where I think that the Dawkins brothers have shown that they're going to be a force to reckon with in, in both their respective divisions. So long story short, Brendan Allen has had tough opponents so far in his UFC uh, tenure. And I think Carl Robertson, although he's got the talent and the abilities, he just doesn't seem for me, for me, I'm going to act like E right now and touch my chest and say, <laughs> for me. That he just hasn't seemed to put it together yet, no, although hasn't. all the skills are there. Mentally, something ha- needs to click. And so for now, I think Brendan Allen gets this one done. All right. Uh, next one's going to be Dwight Grant versus Stefan uh, Sekulik. Suck a dick, uh, suck a dick. Yeah, he's 12-3. and three. Dwight Grant's 10-3. and three. It's a welterweight bout. I'm going with Stefan, even though he's probably, you know, because here's the deal. Look at the traps on this That's dude. That's why I'm picture. going. With, I was going to say that. His oh traps. Oh, I'm going with him, hoping he gets an early knock. Because if not, his traps are going to wear him out, and he ain't going to be able to lift up his arms. Dude, just squeeze on that dude. And this has nothing to do with the color of your skin. But I'm going to tell you right now, like, every, like, black welterweight I've ever seen, every Af- South African-American or African-American b- man I've seen fight, they usually just bang and throw bombs. And then they get tired and, 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 because and they're they get very tired. physically so, big. They have a lot of they muscles. Are. They have a lot they're of power. being shredded. But like I, the Tyron Woodley thing, it's like can you either not be very active to conserve that energy? Because right. every time you explode, it's like a you know energy bar in a video game. It is. You have a lot more power than your opponents, but you have to be really it like is. smart about how you use it. Especially like Carl Robertson is very, very similar when it comes to being explosive. Agreed. A lot, in a lot of... And that's the thing is a lot we I see a lot of African American you know MMA fighters come in and they're just super super explosive like you know and then you have a few like that can hone it like a lot of them also come from like wrestling backgrounds or grappling backgrounds and they just throw heavy heavy bombs. I think that you you pinpointed something there the honing it the some can hone it. I think it has nothing to do with the uh, their genetics and stuff. I think it has mostly to do with the mentality thing, right? Yeah. And so over time. Whether you're, you know, whatever race or creed or body type or whatever, if you have a lot of muscle, which requires oxygen, if you like to have that additional power in terms of your arsenal, you have to develop a mindset to be cognizant of it and use and be intelligent about it. You can't just explode, explode, explode and bang, as you put it, because it's, in terms of a, you know, game plan and approach, it's just yeah. not intelligent. I'm just saying, you usually got big, big black guys that welterweight usually bang. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean. I'm not complaining about it. They are. They are. You know, they're blessed with being jacked. You know? <laughs> yeah. But this Stefan guy is jacked. <laughs> Dude, he's so jacked. Um, but the I'm, other, going, I'm, other white I'm just going with Stefan for now. I don't know much about Dwight Grant. I'm going with Stefan because he has a, more, a little bit more experience and a better record. That's it. He's got two more wins on his record. That's Tw- it. Twelve and Yeah, exactly. 12-3 and three versus 10-3. and three. I've, I... <laughs> nice. Fuck it. We're going to have to deal nice. with it. I was going to, like, put my mouth and go over here. You know what? Who cares? You guys are going to have to deal with it. It's a midweek episode. You already got your Monday episode with my shitty-ass voice. Now you get a midweek. And watch, you're going to like this one better anyways. Probably. Uh, Even though I just burped in your ear. Sorry if you have headphones. But I recognize Dwight Grant. I've seen him fight one time. I think he didn't do very well. Um, But just because you recognize somebody versus somebody else, especially this day and age of 2021 with the level of talent that exists out there that people are unaware of. I mean, think about Ivan for some. Nobody knows who Ivan is, like, in terms 
terms of like the professional MMA kickboxing Muay Thai scene. Like maybe a little bit of people who know what IFS is and like the U.S. Muay Thai Open, but very little people know about Ivan. Not many people knew about you. Not many people knew about Frankie before he decided to just, you know, take a step back and teach. Like the level of talent that exists out there but just isn't on the television screen mm-hmm. sometimes is incredible, especially this in this day and age. So just because I recognize Dwight Grant and I don't recognize Stefan Suckadick doesn't mean I'm going <laughs> to go with the guy I recognize. <laughs> but that's a long way of saying I could switch after I look at the odds later. But for now, I am going with the guy I recognize in Dwight Grant. Um, so there you go. All right. <laughs> I don't know. You. Did that make any sense? It made a hundred percent sense. <laughs> it made all the sense in the world. You're, all the sense you have it. All right. Well, to wait, Alex Oliveira. Obviously, Alex Oliveira is very, very experienced. Twenty-two, nine and one versus Randy Brown, twelve and four. I'm going with Randy Brown. I think he might be an underdog. He's twelve and four. This is an African American gentleman. So. We're going we're gonna to go through the odds. And I'm at, saying that because I don't want you guys to think that I think all African-American gentlemen's bang. But I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. Not a majority of African-American fighters that I see, they just throw bombs. And uh, But but look at now. We have Israel. We have Kamaru Usman, world champions. But that's because they hone it. But a, lot of these young, measured, yeah. but a lot of these young, newer, fresh guys come in and they just throw haymakers. Um, uh, but, Speaking uh, of Afri- African-American gentlemen, John Walker just hit me up. Yeah, what did he say? He asked, would you want to play this freaking game with me? Uh-oh. And then he sent me something. Uh-oh. John, did, did you get fucking hacked? Instagram get, get hacked, hacked again? again? I'm not even answering this for now. We're moving on. Uh, yeah. But shout so out to John I, Walker. I'm, I'm going with Randy Brown, Tom Four. I, I don't think Alex Oliveira, the Cowboys, is going to put it together. That's just that's it. Uh, yeah, Alex Oliveira seems to... I, I like this guy. He's got a lot of experience, 22-9-1, two no contests. I mean... So, you know, seeing all different air sides and complexions yeah. of, of inside the octagon. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go with him for now. I think that he knows what it takes sometimes to just get the W. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that his veteran savvy will get this done because Randy Brown is like kind of like Carl, Carl Robertson in a way where I see the talents, I see the physical abilities, I see the ingredients. He's not but mix it up. the level of experience in the time in the octagon, sometimes losses is what it takes for you to figure out how to put all those things, things together. together. And, and he might this might be the fight that he does it to be honest because he's looked better and better fight to fight so randy brown definitely could get this done but for now i'm going with alex Oliveira to get the win uh before we move on to the main card i do want to take a quick glance at the odds just so we can see if we want to revise any of our picks real quick let's go up to the top here okay not there right there Nope, that's PFL. There's so much stuff going there on this is. weekend. There there's PFL, wild. there's B- Bellator, there's yeah. the one card just happened today. We wanted to talk about, uh, whoop, losing my microphone there. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Holtzkin took out John Walk- or John Wayne Parr. Speaking of John Walker's on the brain. John Wayne Parr was looking for his 100th win in uh, kickboxing, world kickboxing, but Nikki Holtzkin took him out. Just want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nikki looked great. Spinning back kick uh, pretty much knocked him down. Um, Dude, I love freaking four-ounce Muay Thai kickboxing uh, yeah. in a cage. Just, I love it. It's just, uh, it's uh, Muay Thai is already savage enough. So it's to probably add my favorite gloves. striking sport, to be honest with 100%. you. hundred percent. I hope it gets more and more excited, more and more like accepted on TV and like in the Western world in the United States because four ounce kickboxing and or Muay Thai in a cage is is where it's fucking at, guys. Check yeah, it out. you don't want to see guys wrestling and grappling and hugging, you, and you want to see the guys striking with gloves. There it is. People complain about it all the time. There it is. Oh, Go I watch don't like it. the gr- ground game. I don't like grappling. Why isn't kickboxing and Muay Thai more popular then? Watch it. 
You have no, one of many options. Yeah, just stop watching UFC and go watch it. Make it popular, and then it can come on mainstream <laughs> TV. <laughs> All fix, right. fix the problem yourself, Dingleberry. Okay, so uh, Brendan Allen was the favorite. We both went with him. Yeah. Um, Robertson is not the favorite. Okay, good. So and then w- you went with um, Natividad, went, who yeah, is the I underdog. I went with Batragal, which is the uh, favorite. Mm-hmm. So Molina versus Aori, at least right now, look at it's that. Even. Completely even uh, money yeah, fight. No cool. underdog points there. Na Lang, and I guess, is the uh, underdog, so I could potentially get points there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rong Zhu is a favorite by minus 250. And so. we went with Rong Zhu. And then Randy, Randy Brown. Brown's a favorite. So maybe get some underdog points on Oliveira. Yeah. You went with Sabatini. I, okay, yeah, I went with Connolly, another underdog. Man, I got like five underdogs so And Dwight far. Grant's actually the favorite. Pretty heavy. And, I, and I went, yeah, and I went with Stefan. He's only a plus 180 versus Dwight Grant's minus 220, so I don't know. And just so you know, the the odds move, guys. Sometimes I'll do the picks on Sunday, and then the odds move. So, you know, basically when we get to the end of the day and everyone's got their picks in, end of the week rather, that's the odds we go with just so it makes it fair for everybody. But, yeah, so I guess for now I'm going to stick with my picks, even though I have a, a hefty underdog card so far. Uh, but switching back, that does it for the – prelims we're going to move on to the main card now the main card opener is anthony smith versus jimmy crew you know honestly uh, i'm gonna just go and hit this one up i'm already picking jimmy crew i think anthony smith is he had his run man that's what i think personally i know anthony put it together really well last time but uh, i'm jimmy crew's 12 and 1 he's a little beast man so i'm gonna put my faith in jimmy crew uh, let's look at him real quick you're right there go back to that odds for me man Okay. Yeah, you were just on the odds. I want to just double check. It I'm might be Smith. That's Smith a good might question, be a favorite, actually. I think. That's a good question. Where is um, it? There he is right there. Smith actually is an underdog. Okay. Ooh, Close odds. Plus 170 for Anthony Smith. Minus 200 for Jimmy Crute. I was actually and, really and didn't, curious didn't about this. did Smith just get a, a win, but it was a, like a quick submission win? So check this out. He, Ant- pull, he pulled things together, right? That's what he did last time. Anthony Smith, like I went against him against Devin Clark, and you went with him. I remember this. Yeah. And he ended up showing his veteran savvy. He ended up getting a couple takedowns and submitted him with a triangle choke two minutes 34 seconds of the first round and getting back on the winning side of things after two losses mm-hmm. the Glover to share loss and the Anthony Rackets loss and then Jimmy Crute though has been uh you know he put it together after losing to Misha Shurkinoff beating Michael Olazinchik and then Modestus Bukastis and then the last one was via Kiel and that KO was first uh, round both first round and that was in October so not too long ago so both performance of the night bonuses by the way yeah for now so, yeah I'm gonna stick with the my my guy Jimmy Crute so I was thinking about this in the shower earlier. I, but I think Anthony Smith's a, a very, very good underdog pick. For you sure. for you ladies and, and, and hopefully just the one lady. He's thinking about you ladies in the 29 shower. 29 minutes, 56 seconds of the podcast. My girlfriend Nora does listen occasionally. So if you're listening right now, you're the lady I'm speaking of. But for you ladies, I was thinking in the shower about this fight. About and, you. And I was worried. I was thinking about you ladies in the shower. I was worried uh, because I, I could tell that my heart was leaning towards Anthony Smith. And I could tell that I wanted to pick <laughs> Anthony Smith. Yeah, man, Excuse you make, me. You make really good fart noises with your mouth. <laughs> Thank um, you. Jimmy Crute, it looks like he's on you know a hot streak right now. He's got a TKO uh, win in his last fight. He's thinking about hot Jimmy Crute in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's better, thinking about hot Jimmy Crew or like having my heart long to want to pick Anthony Smith and feeling bad because I think he's going to lose? I think you should go with Anthony Smith because you need the underdog points. And what else do you have to lose? I think, dude, honestly, Anthony Smith, 
way more experienced, and he's still a hundred percent. That was what I was thinking. And, is the experience going to shine through? Because twelve and one versus thirty-four and sixteen. If any fight was a fight to pick Anthony Smith, especially with him as an underdog, it would be this one because he needs to win this one. So he's trying he's to get, he's trying to get me to do that, guys, because he thinks it's going to go the other way. He wants to get do you want point. me? To, I'll switch. But how about want me to no, switch? No, Anthony? but how about that? And you can have Jimmy Crew. Nah, I, but I the, will. No, I'm going with I'm going with my heart because the moral of the uh, the moral of my heart in the shower <laughs> was you know what fuck it why don't I just tell people on the show what I feel and what and I how he what I want about people to in have the shower. happen <laughs> and what I want to have happen and you know I might switch from now until the fight because of some other podcasts I listen to or somebody else maybe my better judgment will come. You know, when I write down what picks that I actually go with for the week. But so far, that hasn't fucking worked. So why don't I just go with what I want to have happen and tell you, in this case, Jimmy Crute, I like the guy. I think he's a good personality, young kid coming up, and he's got a lot of potential, and I think the ceiling is really high for him. And this may very well be him continue to blaze his trail all the way up the division, and uh, he's going to have success because I heard his interviews. He wants to come out and put pressure on uh, Anthony and try to put him away, and I think that is actually probably a good game plan against Anthony Smith. But if Anthony Smith's veteran savvy, his ability to know, hey, I have no ego about this. I don't need to knock you out on the feet. I could take you down. I could grind you out. I could make it somewhat of a boring fight, but just get the W. It's unfortunate because he just did that in his last fight, and most times a fighter will do that once just to make sure when their back's against the wall to get the, to get the win, but then they want to come out and make a statement, right? So hopefully Anthony Smith doesn't want to make a statement and they don't just bang because I feel like Jimmy Crute's power will actually be something that you know Anthony Smith has to worry about significantly. Yeah, so absolutely. hopefully that veteran savvy comes through. But I want a, to have, take him down, take him down, grind him it out, either sub him out or get the decision. So Anthony Smith for the win here. All right, Anthony Smith. I think that pick was excellent. <laughs> <sighs> These guys retarded over here, guys. You guys have no idea. Excuse me. All right. All right. Now another one. Man, my heart is involved. I'm too. I'm too deep. I'm too close to the sun. Yeah. Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you, tell you right now. I'm going through my my man Uriah Hall. Um. I. You always. If you know me. You won't back down. No, I won't back down. <laughs> you can put me down, but you're seeing my ground. But I won't back down. Listen, I love Chris Whiteman. I wanted him to be champion. Well, he was champion, but I wanted him to come back. He's. I think he's a good guy. He's got. He's a good character outside of the ring. Uh, he works hard. American. American man. American man. But I just think Born he just. Uh, but watching your Hall, knowing his potential, the, his last fight he put it together well. He's starting to be more patient. Um, he's starting to put things together. He's becoming a, a, a very. He's becoming a good little knockout artist again. Um, and I'm just gonna say he's on a three fight win streak. Um, I think Uriah Hall is a little more in the game mentally than Weidman is. I think Weidman might be a little bit disheveled. Um, and I just think that Weidman is uh, just. Ha he, I I just think he he's this fight. I think uh, Uriah Hall is going to win. Um, that's just it. I just think that Uriah Hall is going to be a better striker. I think Weidman's going to have. I, I don't see him. I haven't seen him mix up his wrestling like he used to and mix up his things. I think he's going to stand and strike and get outstruck. I think it's going to go three rounds. Um, I think Weidman will try to mix it up, but I think Uriah Hall will be prepared and. Ready to go. Um, um, you know, th I'm just basing this on um, uh, trajectory here, and I just think that um, Weidman, unfortunately, is on his way out. 
and Uriah Hall still has some skin in the game uh, to become possibly a title contender. I think this is his last run. I think Weidman had his chance. I just don't think that he's going to be able to keep up striking-wise with Uriah Hall, and I think Uriah Hall has more than enough tools to prevent the takedowns. Um, and I think Weidman hasn't mixed it up very well in the last few times. It's either all wrestling or he tries to strike and gets outstruck in. Um, and especially with, you know, the nat. But Weidman usually comes out starting really good. He looks really good. And then he ends up either getting caught or he ends up losing in, in the last two rounds or whatever it is. But uh, my heart's just going with Uriah. Not because I know him. Not because he's been to the gym. And not because he's personal friends with Frankie and the guys at the gym. It's it, This is based on what has been going on with Weidman's career and what's been going on with Uriah's career. And I think uh, Uriah Hall is just a little more fresh, has, has a little more passion, a little more fire, and I think he's going to come away with the W. That's just my opinion. Yeah, he's got a lot of momentum behind him. Don't get me wrong, coming off that win over Anderson Silva, which is kind of crazy because a lot of people compared him to being the next Anderson Silva all the way back when he was on the the, the ultimate fighter with that highlight reel spinning head kick uh, and, you know, that went viral then. And, you know, his career hasn't quite panned out the way that everyone expected it to. But I'm so excited for the fact that it's been all these years later, all this experience later, up and down, left, right, all these different kind of turns in his career that he's, like, kind of slowly aged like a fine wine. And you're right. I feel like as of late, being out in uh, Texas and training, I believe, with Safe Saoud, that he's really put it together mentally, and he's always had the physical abilities. And even though he's been in the game for a very long time too, I think this kind of fight is, is too somewhat older veterans on the latter parts of their career, and Dana White and the matchmakers need to understand, okay, which one is going to continue to be able to be a viable commodity and work his in way up division. to the title yeah. in this division, and who's going to be, you know, not. And th this is a rematch, guys, from like 10 years ago on the regional scene. So I think that Chris Weidman in his last fight against Akhmedov, you know, gutted it out, used his wrestling but again. But it was close. But it, it was wasn't... close, and it was hard. And uh, Uriah Hall... If he can keep, if he can avoid that takedown from Chris Weidman, keep, has, keep the center get, of the ring, keep mm -hmm. keep working his long strikes, setting up that right hand that he's got. That's a bullet, no problem, and he's good at that. He's great at that. So, so I'm just uh, the only thing that's an X factor for me is that Chris Weidman has recently moved. He's moved uh, North or South Carolina, whichever one that. Uh, um, Stephen Thompson. And the food's different there, so his, his, <laughs> so his muscles are no, better. No, whichever state <laughs> Stephen Thompson lives in, he's, he's closer to Stephen Thompson now and the Thompson Martial Arts Com uh, Academy. His last fight versus Akhmedov before he started to wrestle, you even saw him come out and kind of like emu emulate someone of the Stephen Thompson-like stand-up. So I'm just – that's an X factor for me. He looks – uh, when you saw his interviews over the last couple of days on Instagram and, like, you know, MMA junk and all that stuff, he looks to be lean as fuck. He looks like, you know, crew cut, military. Like, he just looks, like, focused. He looks deadly. And so if he comes out with, like, a whole new style compared to what Uriah is expecting, you know, that could throw off a fighter when they're like, yeah. what the fuck, this is not what I planned for. So um, if he can do that and then potentially – I think Uriah's uh, Achilles' heel is that when he gets put on his back, sometimes um, he uh, doesn't really have much offense off his back, and he and really he doesn't to, have a lot of urgency to get up. And he needs—that's what he needs to do and because he, he's he'll so be deadly on, on the feet. feet. He's deadly on the feet, <laughs> so that's what he needs to do: is yeah. get up. So this could very well be a very close Chris Meidman <clears throat> decision, where it's like frustrating, where we're all expecting, okay, if Uriah could just get up, that's when the fight actually goes on. I think. 
Dude, I think I'm, this I'm concerned about it, but I'm going with Uriah too on yeah. this one. It's but I think it's this is a very good matchup. I think it's a very even matchup, especially where they both are in their career based exactly. on exactly both on based on you know what what they've done. But it's almost career. like two arrows on, where one is going like this and one is going like yes. like up and down. So they're meeting in the middle where Chris Weidman, if he's rejuvenated himself from that last win and he looks better than he looked in his last fight and looks more like his old self, then this is going to be a lot tougher fight. But Uriah, if he's ever going to ha- be in a place to be able to beat the, the best version of Chris Weidman, it's right now. So this fight is actually more, looks more competitive than it, you know people might be giving it credit for, and I'm yeah. really excited for it. Uh, but I am going with Uriah Hall. If he's just shy of landing the spinning whatever or hurting Chris Weidman and gets put on his back three times, one time each round, I'm going to be super frustrated. But, you know, Chris Weidman, you know, veteran, does what he has to do to get the win, but... I expect Uriah Hall to be able to keep it on the feet. Like you said, 30-foot octagon. Sold-out crowd. We haven't really even talked about that. First time the fans are back since the pandemic. 28,000, right? Uh, I think it's only like 15 in the, okay. in the Tri-Star. Florida. Yeah, um, but still, either way, that could have an effect on all of these fights, which, you know, we tried to take into account when it was at the Apex without. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I feel like by the time I started kind of catching up with the fact that, wow, some of these UFC debuters are these kids with less experience. They did wetter, better wetter, They did better in the apex with less fans in their UFC debuts or with less experience than you might expect them to because they don't have the pressure of you know 20,000 screaming right, people, fans. So, um, but, but that's a debatable, debatable topic. Some people perform under pressure better. You know, and so, so Exactly. So it's, it's kind of crazy. You never know what, you know, to, what I, to think. I think I would perform without an audience better. Personally. Just me personally. I think so too. But given the very tiny bit of experience I have competing, everyone disappeared but like three voices. Yeah. Yours, Frankie's, I even heard Nora one time, get him, babe, or something like that. Right? Punch him in the dick. But everything else disappeared. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Well, we spent a lot of time on that. I'm glad we did. So I told you, we told you guys that we would get a little more deeper on this. Uh, so let's just move on to the women's flyweight title bout. Valentina Shipchenko, what an awesome fight. I'm on sure, to the title fight. You know, to Jessica Andrade. I'm going to tell you right now, Jessica Andrade is a tough opponent. Um, she's at flyweight. Um, she looks a little thicker now. She's got a little more meat on her bones. But uh, Valentina Shipchenko is just – Jessica Andrade is not going to dominate Valentina on the ground. Um, and that's something that Jessica Andrade is really good at. She's a great – she's a strong little grappler. But Valentina Shevchenko's got great takedown defense. Um, the thing is, Jessica Andra's last fight had the one big change that I saw in her striking was her head movement. You know, she implemented a lot of head movement. But she also... She did it so wild, though. Yeah, it she, was almost like non Now coming to my next point, yeah. it was a lot of unnecessary head movement as well. It was crazy. Uh, just a waste of energy. But she won, so uh, kudos to her. But I think Valentina Shevchenko's, first of all, going to be able to time and read that head movement and counter her. I think Valentina Shevchenko's going to be... Valentina's very good at, at using her kicks and her jab, and she's really good at keeping distance and finding her range. Uh, Jessica Andros constantly has to fight to get in, in the pocket and to get in range, and she lunges forward a lot. And the head movement stuff, I think with that head movement, she's going to get her legs racked a lot. Or she's going to start trying to shoot for takedowns because her legs are getting kicked. And then Valentina's very smart. She's going to start throwing high kicks, thinking when she's going to shoot, probably catch her with that. Then Jessica Andrade's probably going to get stuck. And then the whole time she's going to be trying to pressure and do some crazy stuff and just get, get caught a lot. I think uh, Valentina's going to be able to keep her um, keep circling around her, throwing good strikes in and out. I think Jessica Andrade is not even close to as fast. I do think she has a power threat. But um, I think Valentina Shipchenko, uh, me just personally, is... 
honestly just the bigger she's she she's the she, second best female mixed martial artist in, in the world in she's MMA. amazing she's yeah. she's unbelievable so my whole and she can finish women that's the thing yeah at, at flyweight she knocks women out um i just you know jessica andros is a top dog without a doubt um uh, but she's more of a talk a top dog only based on the fact that she's she she's got powerful hands and decent striking and she's got good grappling um, but Valentina has all that and better technique and I think all those areas and she's not she's not an idiot about it. She doesn't just press forward and get hit and put herself. Valentina is very sharp, has a better IQ. I think the IQ is what's going to separate them both here. Um, I'm, I'm, and honestly, I'm going to pick Valentina Shevchenko decision because I know Jessica Andros is super tough um, and she she can she can take a shot. But I think Valentina is just going to. I think it's going to be a fun fight to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure from Jessica, but I feel like Valentina's going to just be circling off that pressure, taking angles, and just outstriking her. I think Jessica Andros is not going to be able to keep up with the speed and the technique of Valentina Shevchenko, nor is she going to get enough, be put in enough situations to where she can get her on the cage. Um, and when she gets her on the cage, I think she's going to find that Valentina's much harder to take down, and that, that exchange will probably break up probably after like 30, 40 seconds, and it'll be back on the feet. And I think yeah. Valentina will be I think Valentina will be on the cage a couple times, but I think that um, Jessica Andros isn't going to be able to get her down that easy, and that's why I think at that point Jessica Andros is going to realize, okay, this is harder, and she's going to go back to striking, and it's going to be five rounds of striking, and then Valentina's just going to just do work. So Valentina Shevchenko, unanimous decision, without a doubt. Uh, for this fight, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, and uh, my, I agree with everything you just said there. And I also, I basically my breakdown of this fight is the same breakdown. I don't know if you saw it, but was uh, what Rose said about this fight is that she's never been hit the way that she's been hit by uh, Jessica Andraz, Andraj, and that she's trained with Valentina before, and she hits like a truck too. Uh, so th- the only way that this could uh, go different than most of the people in the world expect it to is if Valentina, for some reason, like, um, you know, sleeps on Andraj. And you know yes. how much of a lifelong martial artist that Valentina Shevchenko is. She does, she, I've never seen her sleep on anybody. She's never. She's not going to do that. She She's more concerned about getting better every day, working on her craft and take, you know, and going along her journey as a martial artist than mm-hmm. she is about under, you know, underestimating her opponent she wants to just do it flawless every time if possible so um the only thing i'm concerned with is that um jessica andraj with that additional head movement like you were talking about her legs getting racked because i know what you meant by that when you use that trunk but movement. but i'm worried about she you, throws too much leg kicks and draj counters with a hard overhand possibly yeah, i'm not i mean if if she gets caught if she gets caught and she or gets hurt for the you first time the in her down? career super hard then that we'll see what that you know what yes, yeah. what that does to valentina but i so who, i suspect I, that that won't even be a problem no. if that happens she'll just reset keep the distance jab leg kick and then wait till she gets her wits about her back and just you know be the smart crazy veteran that she is she's just the best i mean you got to be stoked to be able to watch these four women compete because we've talked about your frustration with the women's divisions not coming along quite as fast as the men's in terms of their technical abilities and how sharp they are you get to see valentina you get to see zhang wiley and rose nama Yunus. yeah this is a card where we can see this, this High-level women's MMA. And, and when I talk about women and, and, and the evolution, I'm not referring to women not being able to fight like men do. What I'm referring to is that there's a huge lack in the women's division compared to the top three women that are fighting, which is, you know, well, right now, four, I want to say Valentina, Rose Namanunas, Wiley Zhang and Joanna, those guys can strike, and they're and they're sh- got a striking background. And obviously the women's go, but they're but they're Nunes. Yeah, but and still, Nunes, just but a select the, few. But the t- but the tech and those guys are like you can't. No other woman is even close to them, and that's just the truth. Is that um, there's just a huge difference in technical abilities and IQ. Um, 
and something as simple as turning over your punches, checking a kick, moving your head, you know, proper counters to certain offensive movements, uh, blah, 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 blah. Just, it, it's a, just a huge difference in levels. That's my whole point. It just, it, I'm not saying that women fighters aren't technically as good as men. They are, and I just use four examples. These women and the card you're about to see, this card is killer. And that's why I'm pumped. Um, and that's why we're going to talk about it next. Did you already – you gave your pick. You were on it with Valentina. Yeah, I'm going with Valentina, Valentina. of course. Okay. I just think that Jessica Andras may pose some power threats if Valentina, you know, underestimates, underestimates her. But she's not going to do that. No. So uh, Valentina gets it done. Also, I think unanimous decision. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about about that is going with unanimous decision is that Jessica Andras' height and then the fact that she uses a lot of trunk movement for her head movement. So we could have another uh, Jessica I situation where – um, Andrade gets caught with a head, head kick. kick. Exactly. So other than that, I think um, Valentina just you know does a striking clinic and is able to, like you said, a few tough spots in terms of like having to grapple or uh, back off the fence. Maybe even gets up. Maybe gets taken one down taken, once or twice. You know? Yeah. But overall, maybe Valentina on gets the fight. this done. Yeah. So that's it. These last two are the I'm really most excited for. So go for it. Yeah. You guys know I love Rose Namajunas. Uh, Woman strawweight co-main event. We got Wiley Zhang. Uh, fight of the night winner versus, uh, or sorry, fight of the year winner uh, versus Rose Namajunas. Wiley Zhang. You is mean you want a young chick? But we no, all we uh, all knew what I, you meant. Well, no, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, just yeah, using yeah, yeah, Wiley yeah, yeah, Zhang yeah, yeah, yeah. as an example, not got Rose. It, got so it, yeah, obviously, no, Yoana was in there. Uh, so we have to compare the Rose fight versus Yoana in comparing to this fight. That's where I'm going to give you guys my analysis here, uh, and compare them both. So Wiley Zhang, we clearly saw. That obviously she went five rounds for the Yoana. Rose knocked out Yoana in the first fight, but that might have been a weight cut issue. Second fight was really, really close with Yoana uh, when Rose fought Yoana. So these guys have both gone five rounds with Yoana. Both of them have beat Yoana. But here's the thing who put on a beating on Yoana? Like when it came to damage, Wiley Zhang has some power in her hands. And she's just as technical, and she's only getting better at striking. I mean, the girl's got a great tie camp over there in China. Um, and, you know, I'm going with Wiley Zhang on this one. Reason why is I think Rose is great. I think that she's going to be able to keep up for most of the fight. But here's the thing. I think that Rose is going to take most of the damage. I think Wiley Zhang is going to dish it back. And Rose is not going to be able to be the dominant Rose we have seen before and kind of have her way with striking because I feel like the power is going to be a huge issue. I think the power is going to slow Rose down and make her hesitant on throwing and being comfortable striking the way she usually is, which is what she needs to be comfortable in order to win. I think Rose is going to be able to be a dog. I think she's going to keep in the fight. I think it's going to go to decision. But I think... Wiley's power and her striking is going to be an issue. I think Wiley's going to not only keep up, but be able to counter back. I think Wiley is just going to slow Rose down to the point where Rose is, is not going to be able to quite keep up or throw to her full potential. I think she's going to be hesitant, and I think Wiley Zhang's just going to get more significant strikes in this fight. That's just where I'm going for now. <sighs> I think Wiley Zhang is just going to... Um, her power is going to be the biggest issue because I think she's more than capable to strike and land just as much as Rose is. Um, and I think we're going to see an even better Wiley Zhang. That's what I think. Um, I think Rose is great, but I think mentally, like, I don't think she cares if she's champion or not. Ever since, you know, I've seen interviews and stuff, like the pressure. I think she loves being in the spotlight, but if you're not 110% there against Wiley Zhang, I don't think you're going to get it. 
And based on how they both performed, Rose went. It was a really, really close fight with Joanna. Really, really close. And then Rose had a few hiccups after that with you know Jessica Andrade. She's also fighting on this card. Um, and then her last fight, who was it with? That was really, really close, but she No, won. that was her last fight with Andrash, and it was close. It was close, yeah. Later it, on in the fight, she started taking some hard some shots. Some hard which shots. Is, which is kind of goes to my breakdown. Yeah. So or my, my pick, yeah. So, unfortunately, I love Rose, but I think Wiley Zhang not only has the fire to want to be the champion, first Chinese female champion in the UFC, I think the first Chinese UFC champion, huh? Right? Uh, I think you're right. I think I think that was, yeah, she was the first Chinese athlete to Period. be world champion in the UFC. Um but, um, yeah, so pretty much, like I said, what it comes down to for for a little breakdown is that uh, Wiley Zhang, I think, is just as good of a striker. Um, and I think, but her power is, is pretty detrimental. And I think it's going to, when someone thinks they're comfortable and they want to strike with someone and they start eating hard counters and realizing that there's repercussions to it and they can't quite figure them out or keep up with the same speed, they end up kind of just hard shelling, moving, and not throwing to their full potential or not putting combinations together, or, or I would say brain farting and not being able to, to keep up. Um, I don't think there's going to be a finish here, but I think it's going to be a good war. I hope that Rose, it's like super close. I want Rose to win. Don't get me wrong. I want Rose to win, but my my mind, my IQ, and and, and situationally, I think that it's going to go into Wiley Zhang's favor. So I'm going to say Wiley Zhang, unanimous decision. Still champion. Yeah, and still. Okay, I'm, I'm struggling with this one because I like – both of them a lot um what i see happening in this fight is rose dominating the first like one or two rounds with her distance her footwork her crisp striking kind of like she did against jessica andrage and then later on in the fight she started taking a few hard shots from andrage and if she takes those same shots against wiley five rounder if she doesn't like become tentative like you were talking about because of the power um then she may end up getting rocked to the point where you know it, it could be the end of, of the fight so I don't know. I I want to go with Rose here because the odds, like she's a plus one seventy hundred underdog, and I think that there's a chance within the first three rounds that she could potentially rock Wiley, and then uh, if the, if she's able to take her back, I think she's better than any other you know women's fighter in terms of of choking out her opponent. And I think she she looks for that. She talks about it every time, trying to rock my opponent, take her back, and choke him out. So. Um, I like Doug Rose to get this done here, but I, I, I'm worried that Wiley Zhang is going to just be too consistent too much mm -hmm. because of the fact that she can contend with her on the feet, and she's also very, very strong and dense. So she's strong in the clinch. clinch. She's going to be strong in the ground even if um, even if you know if, if Rose is able to even get it there. I'm not sure, but I think that Rose is best best path to getting Wiley to the ground would be through strikes, would be through potentially overwhelming her with a combination and hurting her to the point where she is able to take her to the ground, but or not necessarily yeah, like, or, or you know, wrestling. Or staying distance and getting Wiley Zhang to bite, come forward and counter-strike. And like climb her, her on, on the fence, rather. She's not going to be able to get like an over-wrestling takedown on no. her, in my opinion. So, um, it's, it's nerve-wracking for me. And so, uh, I, I'm concerned that Wiley late could maybe even put away Rose if it goes that way. I'm uh, flip-flopping back and forth. But I'm going to go good. with Wiley as For well now. to get a unanimous decision over Rose. Okay. I think what Rose is going to come out good, maybe win the first two rounds, maybe even win the fight by split if she wins like the first three in some judges' eyes. Mm -hmm. But for now, I'm going Wiley Zhang to get the unanimous decision. I just think uh, this also kind of, I guess, parlays into the main event, which we'll transition over to now, is that Greasy theory, Trevor Whitman's got to come out and man and you know corner 
two different championship fights back to back. And if it goes that way, if Rose doesn't come out victorious in that fight, does that put some sort of mental pressure or, or kind of like, um, I can't think of the right word, aura, just some sort of, you know, extra um, bad juju on the main event on Carmaro Usman via the cornerman, Trevor Whitman. And, and, and I just, I, or yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen, but, um, I'm just wanted to point out that Trevor Whitman, one of my idols, one of the best mitt hand, mitt men, hand mitt holders and coaches in MMA, uh, has got a, a big plate, a big, what do you call it? A big, uh, Night on his plate. I don't know. He's got a lot to deal with tonight, tomorrow, a Saturday lot of, night. He has a lot on his plate. A lot on his plate. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Uh, with two title fights back-to-back on this yeah. card. So, um, just, I don't know. Wanted to give him props there. Yeah, totally. But, all right. Well, you pick Wally Zhang. I pick Wally Zhang. Are you name a decision for you? You, you D? Yeah. I okay. might switch just because of my heart. I'm going with my heart on this fucking card. But for now, I'm trying to go with my brain on this one. Wally Zhang gets it yeah. done. Well, guys, it takes us to the final one, the one you've all been waiting for, even though I've been waiting for all three. I think all three are going to be super awesome, super fun to fight, uh, super fun to watch these fights. Um, Jorge Masvidal finally gets that full camp. No excuses this time versus Kamaru Usman. Um, so I'm going to just give you – I'm going to tell you right now I'm already going with Kamaru Usman. I'm going with Kamaru Usman just because the way I saw it happen last time, um, we know Kamaru – not only <laughs> – not only has Kamaru been working on that jab, not only is his striking getting cleaner, but he's beating people with the basics, man. Um, and that guy's not a basic fighter. That guy can mix it up. He's got good hands. He switches stances really good. He's got a great IQ. He's only coming together. He's only growing, man. What an awesome champion. Um, the thing is, Hori Masvidal is a very underrated grappler. He's very underestimated. The guy's got great grappling. Kamaru had a hard time keeping him down. So I think we're going to see him on the feet again like we did in the last fight. And Kamaru's going to get a couple takedowns, hold him down. Jorge's going to be able to get up. Hopefully Jorge has a little bit more um, things up his sleeve to, to kind of – or his coaches did the research on the way Kamaru takes people down, how he controls him. So Jorge's got some answers to that, hopefully. So he might be able to stand up a little longer. Um you know, there's there was speculation that you know Jorge broke Kamaro's nose, and but Kamaro said it was broken during camp before it even started, so that was an excuse. But during that fight, that was the reason why Kamaro wasn't as aggressive as he usually is. He was trying not to get hit. He played it safe. And then the other excuse on the other side is where Masvidal only had what one week, six days, six days to prepare, yeah. right? And it was a pretty close fight. I mean, uh, he went to decision. Not many people go to decision with Kamaro. So, but I think Kamaro is just more well-rounded and I think he's got more power I, I think Jorge's got power too and he's got great striking but I I think Kamaru has that edge there I think Kamaru's striking has gotten better um, I think Kamaru has what it takes to take it in any direction um, if he needs if he's losing on the feet to take it down and get some control I want Jorge to win I'm telling you right now I want Jorge to win I want Jorge Masvidal uh, street Jesus to do this um, I want to see him start him but I don't see it happening uh, I see it going five rounds again. I just seeing it being a more competitive fight and just inching away to Kamar Usman. That's what I see. Yeah, I think uh, it's so. A, I'm going to go Kamar Usman unanimous decision. I still think it's going to be obvious, but I think it's going to be hmm. like close rounds, and I think Kamar is going to edge away in the last two rounds, probably with a little bit more wrestling. And I think it's going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, I like the unanimous. last fight, like a lot of the clinching up against the fence potentially, because like you said, Masvidal is really tough to take to the ground, especially up against the fence. 
Um, I think it's going to look a lot similar to the last fight, agree, agreeing with your points there. And I, I, I think that was an honest assessment, a smart assessment, a very um, even-keeled and like intelligent just kind of looking at things, taking all emotion out of it, looking at things on paper, looking at the stats, looking at their abilities and saying, look, I want this guy to win, but I think this guy has the tools to do what he did last time. But I'm going to throw all that shit out the window, you know? Yeah! I'm going to throw all that shit out the window and do it on my previous picks, too. UFC 261 has now officially become, like, my my heartstrings picks. My I'm going with what I want to happen, not what I think is going to happen. And if the universe aligns Jorge with me, Masvidal Flyney! So, Jorge Masvidal gets it done by fourth-round TKO. I'm switching my Wiley Zhang pick to Rose Namajunas by third round submission and I've already gone with Valentina because that's just a dumb pick if I go any <laughs> other way um, and then I don't remember exactly what I did uh, but okay. if I didn't go with Anthony Smith if you didn't convince me to go with you, them, were, you went with Anthony Smith I did okay yeah, well I'm yeah. going I'm making sure I'm reiterating I'm going Anthony right. Smith this card if goes my way I'll be not only stoked but get a lot of points so there you have it well guys that does it for the card, our Did picks you, and everything. There you go. Did you got see that it. Twist, you got you? it all. Plot twist at the end. <laughs> Plot twist. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This episode is not brought to you by, but is kind of sponsored by Serpentine IPA from Bottle Logic Brewing Company. Uh, I've, you know. Had a, I had you, a couple. You, well, why don't you tell people where you got that? Well, I did last episode, and I told them I got it up in... Oh, I didn't tell them I got this, but I was up in Lake Isabella at Nate's Airbnb. I told you I'm about that life. I don't just talk about it. I be about it. I had a great time with my girlfriend, Nora, and we got a few brewskis, had a few left, so I brought them home and, you know, got yeah. sauced up for this episode. So if it made sense, and if you enjoyed it... Whoa. <laughs> you almost, you almost <laughs> gave a blowjob to your mic. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, make sure to wow. reach out to us on yeah. fucking our socials. And on uh, yeah, p- don't steal my social, but reach out to me on my social media, and preferably Apple Podcasts because yeah. it helps the algorithm, helps us get seen on more platform by more people, more potential listeners. If you like this kind of a free flowing episode, oh, oh God, and for sure, episode, if you like one of these free flowing dinosaurs, sh- frosty beverages, and all, you shout like, out to John Morgan. No, you gotta listen to what I said. What did you say? If you like these free flowing dinosaurs, <laughs> sounded like. It. Do you know laugh, what, do you laugh know what, more. Do you know what a please. gay dinosaur is called? What? A megasaur ass. <laughs> do you know what a lesbian dinosaur is what? called? What? A lick a lot of puss. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that one? No. All right, well, with You're that, disgusting. I guess that's that does it for this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. But that's it. That does it for this week's installment of the D-Love Special Sauce Podcast. Hope you guys liked the show. If you did, go over to Apple and iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a positive review. While you're there, turn the notification bell on. That way you're on top of all the most current content. If you're already supporting a small independent podcast, please do check out and support all the small businesses that support us just like you guys by listening every week. We got Monique Taylor with Strong Women Designs. We got Dream Loud Collections, my girl Nora, custom handmade jewelry. Check her out. OC Party Rentals, Paint Bay, The Journey of a Modern Day Painter, Upper Glass Tent, Eden Buttery Pancakes is getting people shredded. Vargas Auto Spa. California Shirt Smith. Check out Justin for some custom print works. Blake Builder and the Builder System. Mac Noodles Abachi Chef. Ricardo with Neighborhood Auto Care. Sauce Meals. Angie Snyder. And of course, he loves Tonic. But last and not least, MMT Fitness. Make sure to check him out on Instagram. Make sure to go out and check out the gym. Exit Avery Parkway off the 5 Freeway. The first class is always free. Tell them the DLSS Podcast Center. But that does it for this week, guys. Until next week. Week, same time and same place. Enjoy the fights.